0: okay? Yeah, good. I think that's quite enough. End of September, how did that happen? Yeah, I know. Do your your summer holidays feel a long time ago? Yeah, a few nods. I wonder, when you're on holiday, do you ever think about going to um, the local church where you are? Um, Yeah, not always practical. Uh, A few years ago, I went to church when I was on holiday in Switzerland, And I discovered that the German that they were speaking in church was nothing like the German that I thought I'd learned at school. And um, I was a wee bit lost. Um, This summer, I went to an English-speaking country, so it was a lot easier. And I went to stay with a friend of mine who lives in a place called Calgary in um, Canada. And um, during lockdown, That's a picture of the city of Calgary, if you don't know. Um, During lockdown, my friend had started attending the Vineyard Church. And it's called the Epic Vineyard. (laughs) I know. I know. There's a lot in a name, isn't there? So if you're visiting this morning and you've come to Riverside Vineyard... I'm sorry that um, you maybe haven't found the river yet. And um, the Burger King was a little bit of a, a letdown. That's what we're actually beside. Um, but Epic Vineyard, it, a bold name, promised a lot. Um, it was actually a relatively small gathering in a, a little building, but it was lovely. They were so welcoming to me. And what was special was it reminded me that I am—that um, the church that I'm a part of, not just Vineyard, but the whole of God's church—stretches right across the world and meets together regularly, often in ways that um, we would recognise, but also with some little differences. Um, no donuts in Canada. Yeah, I knew you would think that wasn't a little difference. Um, but we did have pancakes for breakfast before one of the. Ser- yeah, I know, we could try that. But we sang together, we prayed together, uh, we looked at the Bible, we took communion, um, and some people went to the park together after church and had a picnic and, and, and played games. Uh, you would have felt at home like I did. You see, the Christian church has been gathering like that for uh, over 2,000 years. And the language spoken might differ. The snacks are not always the same. But the fundamentals of church worship have remained the same because they're important. Especially important, I think, in the context of our current season. A couple of weeks ago, Andy spoke of our vision for the coming year of advancing as a church. It's a season of church growth. And I'm going to read today um, a passage from the book of Acts, and it tells us about the growth of the new church. Acts is the book of the Bible that tells us about the Acts of the Apostles. That's why it's called that. And it tells us a lot about that very early church. And we're going to read a few verses about what they got up to, and we're going to look at that in Acts 2. Um, Spoiler alert, there is no mention of donuts specifically, or pancakes. Doesn't mean they're wrong, but they don't get a specific call out here. So we're in Acts 2, right at the end of that chapter. And I'm going to start reading at verse 42. You can follow along with me on your device. Um, The words will come up on the screen. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So there's a lot of familiar things going on in this church. But I want to start this morning by highlighting three characteristics of this church which we should be excited about. They excited me when I read this passage. So verse 43, we read this. There are many wonders and signs, signs that the Holy Spirit is at work. If you were here last week, we heard about the Spirit-empowered church. And as we read on through Acts, in the next few chapters, we are going to read about healings, We are going to read about people breaking miraculously out of prison, all sorts of amazing stuff. Secondly, in verse 47, we hear that they enjoyed the favour of all the people. And I think that's possibly connected to verse 45 where it says that they gave to anybody in need. And then the third thing, it's really exciting, right at the end there, isn't it? Verse 47 The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is a church that is advancing. Yes. Who wants to see more healings? Yeah. Who wants to see us enjoying the favor of our communities, especially in Feltham and Staines? We do. We do. And more people getting to know Jesus for themselves. Yeah. And you know, if we see those things as desirable, then what we see this church doing is essential. So let's look at that. I mean, we see here a church that's worshipping, don't we? And that's what we're talking about this morning. Um, But worshipping isn't just singing, though that's a good part of it. Worshipping means meeting with God, giving God all the glory. And specifically here, we're told they meet together, um, they're taught about the gospel, they're breaking bread in the sense that they have communion like we did last week. Um, They're eating normal meals together. They're praying, they're praising. You know, a few hundred years ago, the established church in this country um, declared this. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Ancient language. But it means we are made to worship. Didn't we notice this when we couldn't meet in person during lockdown? And then in total, you know, we had 72 weeks of not being able to sing together corporately. We really missed that, didn't we? Conversely, I know that the streaming of services that we brought in at that time continues to be a huge blessing for many who have been physically unable to join together in church services before that. So let me highlight a few points that struck me about this worshipping church that I think God wants us to learn from. So we read that all the believers were together and had everything in common, Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. As I understand it, there are rooms in the temple that you can um, sort of borrow for for meetings. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There's a recurring word there. Together. They were together. They met together. They ate together together. The Holy Spirit brings us together as a worshiping community. We feel that need to congregate. And when we are together, stuff happens. For example, last week, we read about the disciples being together at the first Pentecost. And we saw there was that first outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit came when they were gathered together. And we will see other examples in Acts of how amazing things happen when the believers get together to pray and to worship. How often we become aware of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, even healing us, as we gather together to worship. So when we're together, we should have an expectation that God will speak and God will act now, I want to be clear that, you know, our relationship with Jesus is a personal one. Um, we are saved. We come to know Jesus as, a, as an individual. But if you're here today and you, you don't yet know Jesus personally, um, first of all, I hope you are feeling uh, very welcome here. But, you know, a decision to follow Jesus is, only, is one that only you can make. Um, coming to church doesn't do it. Um, Sitting next to a Christian doesn't do it for you. And even growing up in a family that believes doesn't do it for you. You have to decide for yourself. And before we finish our service, there will be an opportunity to make that decision. But when you do make that decision, then we will all celebrate with you. And we work out our salvation, the consequences of that decision. We grow as Christians in company with others, together as part of a community. So personal discipleship, what Andy um, referred to as self-feeding, is important. It's vital that I pray, I read the Bible for myself. But you know, society currently, well, I think the trend is to put an unhealthy emphasis on the individual. In the New Testament, we often read that the church is reminded it's like, a, it's like a human body. No part of the body is unnecessary or despised. We all need each other. We work together as a body, serving one another. And of course, we have opportunities to strengthen and encourage one another. The second thing that I notice about this church is that it doesn't just get together once a week. This church gathers in a big group at the temple and then presumably in much smaller groups in people's homes. Last week, we read that they were all together in a house when the Holy Spirit came. Did you notice that? Jesus once had a meeting with a Samaritan woman Very famous encounter at a well. Um, Samaritans and Jews disagreed about lots of things, um, including where they should worship. And the Samaritan woman in conversation with Jesus says, well, you know, we believe we should worship on this mountain and you Jews, you believe you should worship in Jerusalem. And John says this to her. This is in John 4, uh, verse 23. He says, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. That's quite a deep statement, but one thing to take away from it is that worship isn't determined or restrained by where we are. We worship as individuals, we worship corporately, and the place where we do that isn't that important. It's one reason why a vineyard church Well, we want you to be reasonably comfortable, but it's not going to be luxurious. (laughs) It's not going to be necessarily highly decorated because that is just not necessary for worship. And it's also one reason why we meet together in a big group here on a Sunday like this, but we meet in smaller groups, usually in people's homes during the week. And there are lots of benefits to both. There is something wonderful, I mean, this morning, wow, Hundreds of people joining together in song worship. It's special, isn't it? And um, I might humbly suggest that this is also a good gathering for um, a lot of people to hear God's word taught. But when you're organizing a a corporate gathering like this, um, there have to be some sort of restrictions and order, don't they? So we, we sit in regimented rows facing the front, but we can meet in circles in our prayer gatherings or in our small groups or tri-groups. That's three people getting together to pray. What do you think? Aren't, Aren't we more likely to have real meetings with other people in a smaller setting? Many years ago, I read this book, which when I got it off my bookcase, I realized it's going a bit yellow. This is a bit of a classic on the subject of discipleship. It's written by somebody called David Watson, who was a famous leader in the Anglican church. And he was a great friend of John Wimber, who's the founder of the vineyard. This is a bit of a classic, as I say. I can't give you a neat quote from his book, but what he says about discipleship is that we need to be real with each other. He says that's essential. And he says this, he says it's easy to pretend for a couple of hours on a Sunday. How are you? Fine. How was your week? Yeah, okay, thanks. Ever had a conversation like that? There's not much time or opportunity to unpack that really, is there? I know I've had seasons in my life when I've been really struggling but I managed to come to church every week and you may well not have noticed. But I wouldn't get away with that now because I'm part of a small group and I'm in a tri-group as well. And we can check out how we're doing. We can be real, we can be open with each other. David Watson says in his book, everybody needs a group of people that you can say virtually anything to. Where you know you'll be loved. There'll be no judgment because we're all works in progress. We can share our success, we can share failures, and we can encourage one another on our journey to be more like Christ. I've been in a lot of different groups over the years. Not because they've thrown me out, um, but, you know, people move on, groups multiply, circumstances change, but we've shared meals together like these early believers We've cooked meals for people who were going through tough times. We have offered practical help. That's the way it works. Can I give you some recent examples of this really happening in real life? Because it happened in my life. Um, 1st of March, 2020. Um, before we went into lockdown, something really horrible happened. I got burgled. I don't know if... Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? If that's happened to you. It's... Um, it's quite traumatic, and um, they took something that was just meant a lot to me. It was very sentimental um, to me. After I got in touch with the police, the first people I contacted were my small group and my tri-group. I immediately received an offer of a, a bed for the night, if I was too nervous to stay in my own home. A couple of minutes later, somebody else was in touch, did I want him to come and sit with me until the police came? Somebody from my tri-group came the next morning and helped me clear up all the broken glass. That's just one example. A year ago, I had a chest infection. I let people know in my small group. Someone turned up the next day. That she's out there standing on my path with a bag, um, homemade soup, Vitamins, a bag of sweets, (laughs) and she saw how poorly I was, and she pretty much stood over me until I'd called my GP. That is people sharing their time and what they have with one another, like we read about in Acts. I would encourage you, if you are not part of a small group, sign up. Because what you read in the Bible does happen in real life. So you've got one of these on your seat. I don't mind if you take out a pen, you look away for a moment, and you fill it in. Please do that. Um, Grab the moment to experience that real life, that real church experience. You can hand it in back on the way out. We meet all over the place. Um, We have different sort of groups. You heard about a couple of very specific targeted groups this morning. And we point you to a group that's near you. But, you know, we invite you to try a group. And if it's not for you, then you can try another one. Maybe that one will be more like your cup of tea. We don't get offended. Of course, Jesus did um, life together with a group of people, didn't he? Um, and if you know any of the stories about Jesus and his disciples, you will know that those relationships had their testing times. Um, I'm sure Jesus was more gracious than I would have been. But, um, I mean, really, they were quite difficult, weren't they, sometimes? So I can't guarantee that you will find a group that's perfect. I mean, for a start, you might pick the group and that I'm in. And and I make it less than perfect just by being there, you know. That's just the reality of it. Rob's worried that I'm not really selling small groups. (laughs) Let me tell you this. I have learned a lot and I have grown a lot in environments like this. But honestly... When I look back, when I get to the end of my life and I look back, I am going to see that most of my growth came outside of here, applying what I'd learned in dealing with one-to-one relationships, um, in making mistakes, maybe getting hurt, and as we forgive each other and as we care for each other and we sacrifice our time and money for each other, you know outsiders notice that jesus said we would be known for the because of the love that we show to one another we will find favor in our communities like that early church did final thing i want to highlight quickly is the is the way that everybody is involved in this church i have a quote here from somebody called tim dearborn he wrote Book about the emerging church, the old church made new. And this is what he said, and I, I was quite struck by this. He said, Worship is a dramatic encounter with the power of God rather than a passive and comforting moment of education and encouragement. I think that's quite challenging. Do we come to worship in church or in our small group to be passive, to be comforted, to be educated or to have a dramatic encounter with the power of God? We heard last week about the spirit-empowered church. It is, of course, the work of the spirit that we see healings and we see signs and wonders and great things happen but the Spirit chooses to work through us. The Bible tells us that the gifts of the Spirit, like wisdom, discernment, prophecy, as Kendi demonstrated, healings, are given to us as individuals for the common good. They build up the community. So we need one another. We need one another to show up. We need one another to listen to God We need one another to share prophecies. We need one another to come forward and pray for healing. It's not all about sitting and listening, though I am very grateful for your attention. And I just wonder if, for some of us, our old routines of weekly church, being part of a small group, inviting people to join us for a coffee or for a meal or coming forward to pray for other people at the end of the service. I want to just wonder whether some of those routines fell a little bit by the wayside during lockdown. We got out of some habits. What we see in this text is a church advancing, growing, when it worships together. Throughout the week, with everybody playing the part that God has given them. So let's just remain seated for a moment. I promised an opportunity for those who don't know Jesus to take that decision to start to follow him. So that's what we're going to do right now. Um, before we move on to, to other ministry. So I'd ask you just to bow your heads at this moment. I'm just going to pray a prayer, and then, uh, you know, if you want to, you can join me in that Quietly. Jesus, I, I want to get to know you better. Today, I want to start a journey of getting to know you. I want to turn my back on my past life. And I want to experience the excitement of life with you as my saviour. Lord, would you accept me now as I am? Forgive me and walk with me in the future. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, it's significant. If you came with somebody, tell them about it. If you came on your own, come tell one of us. We want to celebrate with you as a community.